When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Um, I think here in the Twin Cities, people are kind of looking at the Packers as still being a beatable team because they don't have enough around Aaron Rodgers. How do you feel about what Tony Romo said about them being the team to beat? Well, I just got done with our guys in Milwaukee on our ESPN Milwaukee affiliate, and I said, I think the Vikings might take issue with uh, Tony Romo saying this. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just re-signed Daniel Hunter to an extension, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. You look look at the list of uh, players that they have under contract for the next three years. Uh, They just added Kirk Cousins, who, um, you know, he sounds like he might be an okay quarterback. Um, I, I just, I think this is all about Aaron Rodgers and it's about whether or not the Packers defense is improved because if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I have a hard time picking anybody to be a team to beat instead of them. Um, um, when I look at them adding Jimmy Graham, I think that's obviously significant. I think Mercedes Lewis is going to give them some interesting options in two tight end sets, but I personally don't understand at wide receiver, what they're going to do if Devontae Adams, who had two wicked concussions last year and who was limited by a significant ankle injury in 15 when they didn't have Jordy Nelson because he blew out his ACL, mm-hmm. or if something happens to Cobb, who had you know injuries that plagued him both in 15 and 16, and then last year he's finally healthy, but Aaron Rodgers is not, so... You know, he did not have a, he had another non-productive season. Those are the top of their wide receiver depth chart. And I think people are looking at the Packers wide receivers and saying, well, Jimmy Graham's really a wide receiver. Okay. Even if I allow you that after Cobb and Adams, they have a combined 47 career receptions in the NFL. <laughs> Geronimo Allison has 35 of them. They drafted three wide receivers in the fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. And the Packers' history, whether you're Greg Jennings or Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson uh, or James Jones, all those guys were third-round picks or higher. 
and none of them had significant impacts as rookies. None of them. And now you're talking about fourth, fifth, and sixth round picks that are going to come in. And if there's an injury, one of them is going to have to take a significant role. I just, I don't see it. And I think that there's a little bit of a danger there. You know, they cut ties with Jordy Nelson, but they were also interested in Allen Robinson. They were also interested in Sammy Watkins. They were also interested in uh, Jordan Matthews. So they're, they obviously knew that they didn't have much proven wide receiver depth once they cut ties with Jordy Nelson, but then they didn't get any of those guys. So if they're, if, if the assumption continues to be that Aaron Rodgers just makes everybody that much better, then that's fine. But I think he probably needed some help and they're helping him on defense, but I don't think that they have, I think if you're a Vikings fan and you're saying, what did they do to help Aaron Rodgers on offense? I think you have a valid point. Talking with uh, Green Bay Packers reporter and Golden Doodle owner Jason Wilde, um, <laughs> where where do we stand on Aaron Rodgers v. the Packers? I mean, it just seems like this has been a rocky relationship. And uh, to start this offseason, especially with the cutting of, of Jordy Nelson, and it didn't sound like they even offered Nelson a pay cut to stay. It was just like, bye, see ya. Uh, also, his quarterback coach, um, my old friend from Buffalo, Alex Van Pelt, uh, being there. I mean, what what is the relationship with the Packers? It seemed like he was unhappy about the quarterback's coach going. He was unhappy about Nelson going. And he's he's never shy about mentioning these things. No, he's definitely not. And those are both things that he was unhappy about. Um, you know, they, they gave Nelson what uh, one player called an insulting uh pay cut offer another one called it disrespectful <laughs> um so they might as well have not offered one him one at all yeah rogers was hot about that uh there's no question about it when matt ryan signed his extension i think a lot of people thought rogers deal would be done about a week later right because mm-hmm. that was the hold up there was that story where he ran into uh the gm of the falcons in an airport and said, hey, can you get this done so I can move on with my life? Well, <laughs> here we are. It yeah. is almost July, and there's nothing done. Now, I've had a couple people say that he wants to have a, a player option in his contract. I know that's been reported elsewhere as well. So those things are, are factors. Um, at the same time, I don't know if he's going to get to you know September 5th or 6th, right before the regular season opener, and have $125 million guaranteed sitting in front of him or whatever that number ends up being. And he's going to say, no, no, I'm not sure I want to commit to that. Hmm. Um, that's a lot of money when you're going into games where you can actually be tackled and you're going to be in the game all the time uh, to risk. So my, my gut tells me that he'll still get this deal done before the season starts, but I just I, I have more doubt about it than I ever have. And if he's willing to say, you know what, I've got enough money. Um, I want to have this player option. And if the Packers don't give it to me, I just won't sign an extension. And, you know, who knows, maybe next year I'll withhold my services going into the last year of his deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it it is certainly something that the Packers have talked about, like it was going to be a foregone conclusion. And at this point, it's not. 
I think at one point, Phil Mackey here got to, uh, he got so far down the road on this story that he was trading Aaron Rodgers for Kirk Cousins uh, by next year. So um, we'll try not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Let me ask you about the defense because they drafted two cornerbacks that I think they should be excited about. Two guys that I had looked at as potentials for the Vikings and Josh Jackson, I thought was going to go much earlier. And he ends up kind of looking like a steal. And and that's been the, the big issue there with the secondary. They let Micah Hyde go, and then he has a great season uh, when he was gone. So it, is the defense fixed to the point where it could at least give Rodgers some support instead of being a suck hole? Yeah, my, uh, my co-host, who is uh, a lot like Judd, except he's got 11 years of NFL experience, um, Mark Tauscher was giving me a lot of grief for saying that Mike Patton the new defensive coordinator was their biggest off-season acquisition. But I think if he makes their defense far better than it has been the last several years, I mean, their defense hasn't been good with the exception of a second half of the 2014 season. Their defense has not been good enough since probably 2010, frankly. And so if he is able to make those changes, then he will be a huge upgrade over Dom Capers, who fans were very frustrated with in his last several years. But if those corners can really make a difference, and if they, you know, if Jair Alexander can come in and play right away, if um, Kevin King, who was their top pick last year, uh, has a healthy shoulder, which he didn't all of last season and ended up having surgery to end his season, if he plays at a, at a good level and if Tremont Williams still has something left in the tank, I'm sure Vikings fans remember him from his first tour of duty with the Packers. Mm-hmm. Then they're, they're definitely going to be improved there. They haven't taken the ball away the way they have in recent years in the secondary, so that's an area they need to do better in. But, you know, this is a team that basically wrote off a first-round pick in trading away Demarius Randall to Cleveland. And so they clearly felt like they needed new players there. They needed a new coordinator. And if that's if they are significantly improved defensively, that is probably the best thing they will have done along with getting Jimmy Graham for Aaron Rodgers. Well, you know, if uh, Pat Shermer can bounce back from his time as a head coach in Cleveland, I, I think that Petten can too. Petten was a- actually at the head of turning around the Buffalo Bills defense when he was yep. there, and, and I was covering that team, and I, I remember being on sports radio there and you know, we, we kind of like did a tribute to Petten when he left because the defenses were so good under him. And uh, I don't think he's a, a household name, so people don't really know his reputation. But I think he's a very good defensive coordinator who got a really tough break in Cleveland, as most people do. So I need, before I let you go, went Jake. seven and four in his first 11 games in Cleveland. Yeah. He finished 10 and 22 in his two years there. Um, I'm pretty sure Hugh Jackson would take 10 and 22. <laughs> well, then uh, he wouldn't have jumped in Lake Erie, so uh, that, that would that would have saved him that. Before I let you go, Jason, I need some uh, reporter advice here because uh, this will be the first time that in my career I am covering an off-season training camp going into the year where the team can legitimately say, yeah, we should probably be in the Super Bowl. I think last year, even with the Vikings, it was like, I don't know, we're still not really there yet. And then they achieved more than they thought they were going to. This year, with the Cousins and re-signing the guys and adding Sheldon Richardson, like you've you've been in this situation with Aaron Rodgers a bunch of times where you go in and it's like, well, if you don't win the Super Bowl, that's disappointing. What do I do? What do I do with my hands? You... uh... (laughs) 
you definitely hold them accountable for that expectation. And that is, you know, they were, they were there, man. I mean, I think Packers fans certainly thought, oh man, here we go. The Vikings are finally going to get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. And, and Packers fans were all worried that, oh man, finally all my Vikings fans, friends are going to be able to stick it to me. Um, after that 09 NFC Championship game played out the way that did. And Packers fans obviously enjoyed the fact that Vikings fans got to experience some of the Brett Favre downs that come with having him as your quarterback. Um, I think the biggest thing, if you're covering the team, though, is be ready for things not to go as planned. Like the Packers were coming off in 09 uh, uh, they really finished that year strong. They lost that, uh, barn burner of a playoff game in Arizona in overtime. And they had the look of a Super Bowl team going into 2010, kind of like the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And then they had all these injuries. They were inconsistent. Um, they lost a couple of back to back overtime games and. They did not look like a Super Bowl team for much of the season. But then they won their last two to get into the playoffs as a sixth seed, and they were the team nobody wanted a piece of, and they went on their Super Bowl run. So my biggest advice is even if it's a team with Super Bowl expectations, there will be – I mean, I even think back to 96, which was my first season covering the Packers, when I was a young person like yourself. um, They went in as the Super Bowl favorite, and then they had back-to-back losses, and we were in St. Louis, and they were down at halftime. And I remember turning to some of my writer colleagues and saying, wait, these guys are supposed to be a Super Bowl team, and they're down at the half to St. Louis. They're, these guys, are, they're, they're frauds. And then it's always interesting to see what play turns around a team. And in that 96, on that 96 team, um, they got an interception return for a touchdown in St. Louis that night from Doug Evans, and it basically turned around their entire season. And then they, from then on, they looked like the Super Bowl team that uh, they were supposed to be, and obviously they ran through and, and delivered that year. So be ready for the ups and downs. Even though you're a Super Bowl contender or covering a Super Bowl contender, there's no guarantee that they're going to play like that team throughout the year. 